A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. Hello, babies. Oh, wait, that's not how we start. Oh, my gosh. Oh. We're all off today. Oh. Hello, oh, babies. Hello, babies. <laughs> Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Uh, thanks for listening to our show. We are having some audio delay issues um, right now. And you know what? <laughs> We're just going to deal with it, and I think you guys are, too. I think that's what's, <laughs> what's happening today is is we're all just dealing with it, okay? Ro- Rob's going to fix <laughs> all of it. We're having computer rage. Oh. <laughs> Lisa, are you also having computer rage? Because I've been having computer rage. Yes. <laughs> well, we're going to get to that later in the show. Um, but for now, let's just talk. Uh, <laughs> is Joey here today? I think Joey is me. I'm I'm Joey. I woke up as Joey. <laughs> Just, I woke up like this. I Even further like this. cementing his connection to Beyonce's alter egos. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that was part of his origins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Um, let's get into it. Uh, what were we going to talk about? We were going to read some fan mail. Yeah, we're going to do some some mailbag, going to respond to some of the emails y'all send us. Yeah, and some of them we're just going to read and not respond to them, yeah? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Using your emails Um, as precious content. Did you want to start? Because it was your idea to do do a mailbag today. It was my idea. Um, Sure, I'll start with one um, uh, about Tristan de Kunha. Uh, oh yeah, because that's one of our favorite topics. It's we did the wiki page a few episodes back, and it's an island uh, that we're really interested in. Emily, why do we love this? It so is much? the most remote inhabited island in the world. That's that's right. Um, so we got an email that uh, from someone who's now pretty obsessed with their website and wonders if we would maybe do a segment called Kunha Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, now that we're in lockdown, things I'm not opposed. Things seem positively hopping over there. Uh, they also hit the fish dong to ring in the new year. It's the only time you're allowed to ring it. Um, so I looked at their website to read about the fish dong, and uh, I read about their practices for old old year's night, which is what they call New Year's Eve. Um, it's a tradition on Tristan for the Okalalis to dress up and visit the community during the day. And then there's just a photo of a bunch of people dressed as absolute ghouls. Like they're wearing horrible masks. Um, and I love that yeah. so much. And they're, they're wearing They're wearing masks. They're Wearing these like sort of raggedy costumes that are spray painted. They look tie-dyed, but they're spray just painted. No... Yeah, it's like weirdly airbrushed. One of them has like British flags draped around their neck. And there's just no explanation of what an okalali is. None. And I refuse to Google it. It just says 
the tradition is for the Okalalis to dress up and visit the community during the day while the ones who will let them in. So I guess they go door to door and are like, let me in. I'm an Okalali. I guess. Um, and then it says that midnight yeah. midnight at New Year is the only time that anyone is allowed to ring the fishing dong, which is situated behind Prince Philip Hall. And so there's pictures of people like lining up to, to ring this fish dong. Um, but then that's contradicted <laughs> elsewhere uh, where apparently the fish dong is for – Fishermen. So, so before dawn, two experienced fishermen on the island will observe the weather, and if it's deemed fair, they will sound a dong to announce that it's a fishing day. Um, so, on hearing the call, uh-huh. plumbers, electricians, mechanics, and other members of the government will go to the MSC certified fish factory. Uh, <laughs> so it's so like I don't see that as a contradiction. I think that it just means that like. Usually there's only a couple people who are allowed to right. ring the so fish this, dong, but on So this is anyone is allowed. I I miss This is the time when it's like, have you always dreamed about ringing the fish dong? Tonight right. is your night. Also, should we explain what a fish dong is cuz we're just saying it like people would know what to picture? <laughs> it's like a big like it looks like a metal tank, like a like an oxygen tank, but it's a little bit longer and it's red and it's hanging from a post. Yeah. I imagine it sounds like a gong. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a dong. But it's called a dong, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for alerting us to this. I will put into consideration a Kunha Corner because they do have updates pretty often. Yeah. Um, cons- and like just of like what's going on in the community i would say they they update probably as often as our podcast does <laughs> um, <laughs> like there there were a couple updates on the 28th there's some fishing voyages they also just update anytime someone has a birthday <laughs> Like on on January 26th, it was Michaela Swain's first birthday, and they have a whole blog post about it. It says Michaela Swain celebrated her first birthday in the Prince Philip Hall in the night on the 19th of January 2021. Her actual birthday was on the 14th. The venue was beautifully decorated for the occasion with cards and messages displayed from friends and family. Everyone enjoyed a wonderful day together with a traditional buffet for all to enjoy. And uh, she's dressed like a princess. It's a beautiful little party. The the um, gossip on this island must be just insane because they all know each other. Yeah, they all know each other. Um, and th- so little happens. Yeah. I just think dating on the island must be so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an obituary for someone who died... God, if you break uh, on, up with someone, you have to see them like over and over again for the rest of your life. Like you'll never be able to escape them. Yeah, I feel like you probably just only date someone that you're going to get married to. But then it's like, what are you learning when you date them? I don't know. It seems it's very complicated. Maybe there's a, a part of the website that explains this. Their website is really, really uh, detailed. <laughs> yeah. It's thorough. It's, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for alerting us to this. We will we will try and keep up with what's going on in Tristan. Yeah. Um, we also have gotten um, a couple emails from people who uh, have been going through the back catalog. Um, and 
it's been interesting hearing from people because at a certain point we said, like, I wonder what it's like for people who are listening in the future. <laughs> I think we said that maybe five years ago. Yeah. Um, so someone uh, someone wrote us a message saying, hi, Emily and Lisa. I started listening to your podcast a year ago, starting with the very first episode. It really <laughs> helps me escape the doom and gloom that has permeated the past couple of years. The last couple of months, I was dreading your episode dates slipping into 2016 as I knew you were <laughs> heading for these shitty times. I shouldn't say too much. <laughs> In the last two episodes, you've started to mention Donald Trump. However, I bring great tidings from the future. In four years' time, you will witness the inauguration of a Democratic president and no less than three Democratic vice presidents, uh, the first African-American VP, the first South Asian VP, and the first female VP. I don't know how they did it. I think I heard something about election fraud. <laughs> anyway, things will get better. Hang in there, 2016 Emily and 2016 Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> if only we could have gotten this email back then, we might not have worked so hard on the election and we would have changed the future for the worse. So I'm glad we didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> But it is a it is a good reminder that everything we do is a time capsule. Yeah. I know whenever people say they're listening to our super old beginning episodes, I'm like, yee. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. Ooh. Uh, uh, what did I say? I don't know. <laughs> I've definitely I hope hopefully have grown as a person since then. But you know. <laughs> yeah. I would like to apologize for anything I've ever said. Yeah. And I don't mean that in the way that it's like everybody's I, like I genuinely apologize if I said something that uh, was fucked up. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm genuinely mortified <laughs> mm -hmm. and sh ashamed. It's not about my feelings, but it's about yeah. mine. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, Oh. Uh, what else did you want to read? Uh, we got a good email about Fastenus, um, which uh, we discussed oh, yes. on our January 18th episode. Um, we got an email from a classicist. Uh, and he said, weird shit in Greece and Rome is my jam. So I'm attaching a slide of phalloi, including phallus birds, winged phalloi, and a satyr balancing, satyr balancing a wine vessel on his phallus that I like to share with undergrads when I'm teaching the history of ancient Greece. <laughs> Love to send dick pics to undergrads <laughs> is what you're saying. Um <laughs> also, no one talks enough about Cato the Elder's obsession with cabbage. Cato the Elder was a big deal Roman politician, and he wrote a really boring treatise on agriculture. One section of that agricult agricultural treatise is on the wonders of cabbage. Among other things, Cato suggests that if you perpetually eat raw cabbage at a feast, you'll never get drunk or full of food. Um, <laughs> he also recommends that if you save the urine of a person who eats cabbage habitually, heat it, and then bathe the patient in it, he will be healed quickly. Uh, this remedy has been tested. So, wow, that's a lot. Um, wow. And they said, thanks so much for baby. Yeah, Kato the Elder was a straight up piss freak. Straight up piss freak. And cabbage piss, too, which is like specifically... Yeah, gross. Um, <laughs> I don't know that cabbage piss smells bad. I just have to assume. I have to based assume. on what I know about cabbage. I and piss. God, I mean, not as <laughs> yeah, not as bad as some vegetables, but not great. Um, they wrote, "Thank you so much for baby geniuses," which brings me so much joy, even when you aren't talking about Roman truck nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you very much for that. Um, we got uh, an email from someone 
um, saying, I've spent almost every waking minute of the new year listening to all of Baby Geniuses. Doctors do not recommend this, by the way. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> five out of and five I've, doctors say I've, no. <laughs> say no, that's a bad idea. <laughs> your your brain will shrivel up. Um, <laughs> and I've collected so many things I want to say, so things might get kind of long. I started listening to podcasts sometime at the beginning of quarantine, and it quickly became a huge comfort. I suffer from chronic pain and the many... And many of the things I could do to feel like a normal person were taken away from Aww. me. I regret not starting listening earlier, but better late than ever. Your voices bring me great comfort. And even my three cats enjoy listening. And there's a picture of their three cats. Maj <laughs> uh, uh, Majsan is one of the cats. Majsan, especially. She's kind of old and very picky about routines. But she also tried to comfort you sometime because she can't tell the difference between laughter and crying. I thought that was really funny because uh, very often when I am crying, Alan does not do anything. (laughs) (laughs) He does not comfort me at all. Um also, the gavel goat obsession is very amusing to me because I live in Sweden. My family had many Yeah, I I love this is not the first email we've gotten from someone from Sweden saying they're excited that we love the gavel goat. Uh my family had mini ones that we hung in the Christmas tree. Unfortunately, I think a cat destroyed them. <laughs> Currently, I have a horse version, which uh, Curry and sometimes Pumpkin, their, their other cats, vandalize on a weekly basis. And uh, they included a picture of their uh, horsey g- straw gavel goat. Gavel that horse. Is very cute. And a gavel horse, yeah. <laughs> it's based on an Icelandic horse, and I knew I needed it as soon as I saw it at a fair because it was I was a hardcore ho- horse girl as a child and took riding lessons from ages three to sixteen. Oh my Seeing God. and hearing about Juniper has made me wanna has made me wanna take it up again even more than I already did because my writing school had two fjords and they're really cool. <gasps> and as promised, because I can never pass up an opportunity to show off my greatest asset, there are uh several very good butt picks taken with a selfie stick. Ooh, did I add them to the butt picks thing? I probably did. Um uh, maybe yes, I should not I have uh, encroached on butt pick territory. No, but it's fine. Um, I felt like a, a gavel goat email was something I wanted to address personally. I'm glad you did, and I I'm, this is something to look forward to next time we do butt picks. Is these selfie stick butt picks, which I will describe. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> uh, I hope that they get back into writing. I think it can be really good for chronic pain, specifically, um, even though it causes other pains. <laughs> It can be very good. Less chronic pains. Yeah, more just, well, um, depends. <laughs> uh, we got an email uh, from someone regarding actors who got hotter with age, and they simply wrote, this is actually oh. a, a debate that is occurring at my work. Thoughts on present-day Eugene Levy? I don't know. Emily, do you have any thoughts? I would hit it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, I've never thought of him that way, so I would have to, like, reconsider. I just have to, like, you know... I, I've I've I don't know. He's like there is something that is like I I think this is where our tastes differ because like I like a swarthy man, like a you know like a very hairy. Um, I, I like a swarthy and, man occasionally. I mean, I see my crush on James Gandolfini. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we both have had crushes on James Gandolfini. Oh, I forgot you did as well. Um, Ugh, what a dream boat. I kind of forgot about it too until um 
I found some old writing about it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I would like to read the writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I there's something about uh, like yeah, guys with really like thick dark hair where when they go salt and pepper, it definitely just like enhances it. Oh, it's like yeah. natural highlights and. When they go like super silver with on the black, yeah, I think I think Eugene Levy has gotten more attractive as he's gotten older. I think I would agree with that. Um, it's a good look. There you have it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to know where this person works that they're debating this. <laughs> I know it could be literally anywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this person says, "I say yes, but it seems the men in our office don't understand what makes an older man hot." Mm. Yeah, I wonder what. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's tricky. I, I don't know why it uh why it works, but it works. It works. Yeah. Um okay. What, what do you got? I also wanted to read What do I got? What, what do, do you I got? got? What do you got? Um, we're we're trading. We're trading. <laughs> <laughs> we're trading and you you've been hitting some of the ones that I wanted to read. Ooh. Um but uh Oh, 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 let me find the other one that I had. I also, I mean, I, I had opened up a bunch of them and then they all got um, accidentally closed. And uh, then I I got really, really mad. Oh, here's one that I wanted to mention. So, and this will lead into another uh, update, which is that uh, listener Liana Solis correctly uh investigated and guessed the identity of the hot sauce oh my god using using like clues that you've dropped using clues i love that yes um that's very clever so uh liana emailed and said thank you for the recommendation i love spicy food and i'm a local Mm. napa Mm -hmm. so when i heard the podcast episode two weeks ago i did a curbside pickup order and got it the next day um, and I wrote back, I almost never write back to fan mail. You guys, I, I read it all. I appreciate it all. Uh, I do not write back because of the way it's set up. And also, uh, it would just, I, I'm a completionist. I, it, anyway, there's it's a lot too of much. Why. It's too much. Um, we get too much fan mail to possibly respond the, to all of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, and it's, it's impossible to respond without responding from my personal email address, which yeah. I don't want to give out. Yeah. But, uh. In this case, I responded from my personal email address and I just because I wanted to know how they cracked the code. And they said, I have to thank my little sister. I was talking to her about the podcast and we decided to play detective. And so they just like did some deep. They listened to all the clues. They did some searching. Um, they figured it out and they're uh, really enjoying it. Um, and I also want to say I gave a bottle to Rob. Our producer and the reviews were very, very good. I don't know if Rob, can you come on mic or no? I sure can. Yes. Um, do you want to give your review of the hot sauce? Yes. Um, <laughs> a little goes a long way. Um, I have what I would consider like a medium heat tolerance. You know, if I'm in a restaurant, uh, say like a American food style restaurant, hot is usually good. If I'm in like a Thai restaurant or something, I'll go medium. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like pretty much down the line tolerance level. Um, it is the perfect level of heat if you're going to add it to a soup. Um, wow. Maybe yes. if you add it to another salsa, you want to mix it in um, because it's not just heat. It is that kind of hot pepper flavor that you have to 
fight um, a lot of the time. If it's like habanero based or something, it's going to be too hot to even dilute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I like mixing it with like mayo for like a dip for French fries. Mm. I think that's a good use for it. But yeah, when Rob tried it, he he texted me just saying it was perfect. It's just perfect sauce. And so I got in touch with the place that makes the hot sauce because I told them, I said, you know, I want to plug this, plug this. I have no other personal endorsements at all as a person. Uh, And I'm just a very passionate consumer of this product. And but I don't want you to be inundated with orders all of a sudden that you can't manage. And I also don't want to ever jeopardize my supply of the hot sauce. So I only <laughs> want to do this if we can guarantee that I will have access for the rest of my life. Uh, I got a response back. We're setting a call for next week. This is an ongoing. This is your update. Uh, we will find a way to get you all the name of this hot sauce. And in the meantime, if you want to play detective... It's possible. That's your prerogative. I have, Mr. P- Mr. Policeman, I gave you all the clues. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to try it. I still need to come pick some up. Oh, yeah. I, I have a bottle for you. I have so much at my house right now just because I bought so much in a panic. <laughs> <laughs> it's very relatable. <laughs> I can trade you a roll of toilet yeah. paper for it. <laughs> Oh, please. I've been using the worst fucking toilet paper for so long. I bought so much of the worst fucking toilet paper, and I just am, it is just such a slog getting through it. Just tearing up your ass. Um, God. Uh, oh, it's it's so terrible. Um. <laughs> we've gotten uh, Do you have any other emails yeah I've, i have more we've gotten a few emails um from people who are very feeling very validated by the way we talk about covid and about quarantining and social distancing and wearing masks uh we're both real nerds about yay wearing masks <laughs> so yeah keep yes, doing that there's are. new new variants afloat so be careful double up your masks if you can yeah Here's some general mask tips. Um, wearing a KN95 with a cloth mask over it will make the KN95 last longer. Ooh. So if you... And also because there are like these new strains, we they're in a lot of places. They're more easy to contract and to spread. Uh, it's a good idea to make sure that you have like a mask that fits close to your face. And also uh, you should uh, only use them for a certain amount of time. Um, the, the ones that you can wash, you should wash after every time you wear them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess that's it. I don't know. <laughs> I hope uh, I'm doing mask, it right. Please. I don't know. <laughs> you should also, yeah, if you can, when you're wearing the KN95s, like don't touch any part aside from the like straps yeah after you when you're taking them off and then hang them up Mm. before you wear them again so that they can like air out i guess um and that so they don't touch anything else um this is all good advice that's it i don't know 
Yeah. It's nice uh, to have an administration that believes in science uh, again. It's like definitely a relief. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice <laughs> that they're like, it is. Here, is we'll this let- our first? Uh, no, we've had. Oh, is it the first one since the inauguration? Is this the first one since the inauguration? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I'm so bad at math. I think it is. I wow. Think it is. <gasps> We're on the other side, y'all. Y'all. Uh, we yeah. made it through. I guess we should yes, have said that right some off. Some of yeah, bat. you and I did. <laughs> yeah, we're in a post. We're in a post Trump era, and oh my goodness, can we talk about the fucking uh, him getting on the plane with YMCA? <laughs> Donald Trump got on the plane to leave the fucking uh, presidency. <laughs> With the song YMCA playing, his favorite song for some reason, even though he never does the dance, he played it at all his rallies. He never did the YMCA dance. The main reason people like that song is because it's a dance that anyone can do uh, who, you know, within, you know, not not anyone. People, you know, you need to have a certain amount of mobility. But point is, it's one of the easiest dances Uh, and he never does the dance. But he choreographed, like, I watched this video so many times because my mom was like, I wanted to get up early enough to see him get on the plane because I just needed to see him leave. Yeah. And she didn't get up in time. So I, like, looked up the video for her and I was like, this can't, this is what happened. I can't believe it's real. It is real. I posted it online and everyone was like, I didn't think this was real, but it's real. I, like, got it from NPR. Um, YMCA is playing. At the top of the stairs, he and Melania stop and turn, and then they don't start waving until the chorus kicks in. So it was planned. It was planned that he would leave the presidency to the song YMCA. What an absurd person. At every level. Just. It's just. I, I, I was just really losing it. And it's so funny that Rudy Giuliani is being sued for like $1.3 billion now. He's so stupid. I don't know. Uh, He's so stupid. So many unforced errors. He could have just gone away and he would have been fine. I know. Uh, uh, it's anyway. Um, what what a time that we live what in a right time. now. Uh. <laughs> uh. Oh boy. Um, should we? We should probably move yeah, on. We don't have any. I don't know any if others. More. I have. I have. Uh, one more about Kevin Costner. Uh, it's, this oh, is yes, just a fun please. one. Um, hello, babies. Kevin Costner doesn't come to mind as a hottie, but he is always attractive in his movies. <laughs> how how could how could you think Bull Durham is a bad movie? Do you not like baseball? And Susan Sarandon? Whoa, there's a hottie. You should definitely see Field of Dreams for a younger Kevin. Plus, baseball is a perfect symbol for the good and bad in America. To see a funny, silly baby Kevin, watch Silverado. He rides a gorgeous black and white paint. Actually, it's a chestnut and white paint. Um, That movie will cheer you up. Uh, I am a 70-year-old retired teacher, not retired horse and cat lover and writer. I will not be sending you any butt pics, although mine is pretty good for an old lady. Oh, I almost forgot. One actor who- Can I ask you to reconsider? (laughs) Yeah, I know, please. Uh, One actor who improved with age was Sean Connery. The aforementioned Susan Sarandon still looks great, possibly better. Meryl Streep, Betty White is adorable, Denzel Washington, Brad Pitt, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) Oh my God, I loved this email so much. (laughs) 
Yes. Uh, there's more to it, but oh. I won't read the whole thing. Thank you so much for writing in. Thank you so much. And, you know, please reconsider taking a picture of your butt for us. Um, we got we got great. other emails uh, from people who think Kevin Costner is hot, but I won't read them all. I'll just enjoy them privately. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, need to take a break. When we come back, it will be time for uh, Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any news in the world of Martha Stewart's pony, Van Chunch. Baby Geniuses is brought to you by, well, the listeners of Maximum Fun, but also this week is brought to you by Native Deodorant. Uh, This year, we're all looking forward to a fresh start. I mean, I got a bunch of seedlings going in my greenhouse. I also bought one of those calendars that you can see one week at a time, and then you just sit it on your desk. And I think I filled out one of the pages of it. Uh, But, you know, I'm trying. We're all trying new things. And one of the ways you can start fresh is with Fresh Scents from Native. Native cares about what you put on your armpits. That's why their deodorants ingredients list includes things you've actually heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. Another plus, none of their products are tested on animals, and almost everything is vegan. That's really hard to find. It is super hard to find. You can choose from over 10 different scents. I've gotten a lot more into, like, scents while I'm stuck in quarantine. I don't know why. Just things smelling nice makes me feel better about all you the whole situation. You can't change where you are, but you can't. Yeah. You can change you what you smell. You can't change where you are, but you can't change how, how what you smell. <laughs> and they have classic scents. They also have rotating seasonals. They uh, sent me a candy cane scented one that I'm really enjoying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gets me in the spirit. Make, the holidays the are over. season last yeah, you can't get eggnog in the store anymore, but you can still get a candy cane smell in your armpits. <laughs> uh, make the switch to Native today by going to nativedo.com slash geniuses or use the promo code geniuses at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedo.com slash geniuses or use promo code geniuses at checkout for 20% off your first order, and no shame if you have to Google how to spell geniuses before you do it. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, he's coming back. Or do you mean the fact that <laughs> Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little extra validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, Writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the ebony enchantress myself, (laughs) Travel Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things we're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we Fanti. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. Challenge. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine, full moon, and we're chatting about chunch. Chunch chat. Uh, there's no new Ben Chunch news. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of Martha news, which was that um, when I was hosting my um, trivia game uh, a couple weeks ago for we've been doing like a zoom trivia um game and uh taking turns writing the thing and one of the rounds is the uh who am i round where you give 
clues that are progressively easier and like the sooner they guess who the person you're talking about is, the more points they get. And so I decided to do Martha Stewart. And I learned a lot about Martha that I didn't know. Um, nevertheless, they got on the first clue because one of the people on my team has a cat named after Martha Stewart. But she didn't know about Ben Chunch. <laughs> she did. I didn't put Chunch in any of my clues. But um, are you? would you like to hear any of the clues that I wrote? Sure. I mean, you don't have to if you don't Yeah, <laughs> I'll hear them. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, the 10-point clue was she was born August 3rd, 1941, in Jersey City, New Jersey, to parents Edward and Martha. All four of her grandparents were Polish immigrants. She attended Barnard College, paying part of her tuition by modeling for Chanel. In 1967, she began a second career as a stockbroker. Uh, that was the 10-point clue. They got it on the 10-point clue, which I think is pretty impressive. That's good. I feel um, like the fact that her mother was named Martha already puts the name Martha in your head, and then it's like, maybe. Also, I thought that would be a misdirect, but Big Martha was such a big part of her shows, I guess, that, um, yeah, I think that was what gave it away, listening to the way they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 8-point clue was she landed her first publishing deal after impressing the head of Crown Publishing at a book release party thrown by her then-husband. As a divorcee, she briefly dated Anthony Hopkins, but could not shake the Hannibal Lecter associations. I forgot she dated him! Over the co- <laughs> oh my god and I she totally... said in interviews she was like it was just too creepy to think about him being uh Hannibal Lecter that is so funny um I just like a day ago we Adam and I watched the remains of the day just like a really good Anthony Hopkins movie oh. so sad oh my god uh, Emma I've Thompson's, never seen it Emma but... Thompson's great in it it's he's a butler in it and he like can't express any feelings whatsoever but he has so many deep inside it's so sad <laughs> oh. <laughs> that sounds right up your alley <laughs> I liked it it's a little unsatisfying but it's a good movie I've totally um, forgot they did sick- yeah I had no idea um the six-point clue, by the end of the 21st century, she had become a powerful player in television, publishing, and retail. In 1999, she became America's first self-made b- billionaire. Whoa. Today, she's expanded her empire to modern industries like satellite radio and CBD. She's won several daytime Emmys and James Beard Awards. She has said publicly that pumpkin spice lattes are for basic bitches only. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in March 20 and the four point clue in March 2004 she was found guilty of felony charges of conspiracy obstruction of an agency proceeding and making false statements to federal investigators and was sentenced in July 2004 to serve a five month term in a federal correction faci- correctional facility Trump considered pardoning her even after they publicly quarreled about their dueling editions of The Apprentice back in the late aughts and then the two-point clue, which is, you know, if they don't have it by then, they're screwed. Is She is close friends with Snoop Dogg. Genealogical research revealed her to be a cousin of Jimmy Kimmel. Her self-titled magazine is called Martha Stewart Living, and her initials are MS, and it's Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know she was a billionaire. Uh, yeah. I don't know if she still is, but at that time, in 1999, she became the first female self-made billionaire. Wow. She was really just, like, ruling everything at that point. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, Anyway, does that conclude Chunch Chat? Yes. That concludes Chunch Chat. We will be right back with One on Fun. Uh, uh, 
Yes. Have you cri- have you cried for a silly reason recently? A silly reason? Yeah. Oh my god, a horse died in a book I was reading. Oh, which book? I don't think that's silly. I don't want to tell tell you because I think that will ruin the book. It'll spoil the book. It'll spoil it. Uh, it's a, it's an important it's an important plot point in the book. Ugh. But um yeah. Oh, I hate that when the horse. So dies. I feel bad because I'm like I want to recommend I want to recommend the book, but the now I've spoiled a big a big plot point. Is it so, a good good book? Um, it is a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll probably recommend it in the future, but please forget that I said this part about it. Okay. I'll recommend other books. I'm gonna recommend I'm gonna recommend another book right now. Different book. Ooh, endorse horse. If I had your face, baby genius. Endorse horse. Endorse horse coming. Its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset. Now here's something we endorse. I really, really enjoyed. I've read a bunch of books recently, and this one I think has stuck with me the most. It's called If I Had Your Face by Frances Cha. Um, it's about like a group of young women uh, living in um, uh, in Korea and. Uh, like sort of about like plastic surgery culture Mm. and um it's uh really it's like you know told from like four different perspectives and it's really good and uh, i just flew through it really quickly um seems great okay Uh, lisa i have i have an endorsement should i do that now i like it when the endorse horse is embedded oh yeah yeah and yeah and then i'll have time to think of a question to ask you exactly (laughs) Uh, so I just finished a great book. I had read it 20 years ago and I wondered if it was still actually good and held up and I reread it and it does. And it's sometimes a great notion by Ken Kesey. Uh, I think it's one of the best novels of all time, but with the caveat that is very, very racist. Um, so there's a lot of like use of the N word in it, which really, really sucks. And it's, you know, it's just like, and it's written by a beat author. So it's like, I never thought I'd like something written by a merry prankster, but it just, it's, it's a really good book. <laughs> it's like 600 pages and it's about like machismo and like white males in the woods who are loggers and there's like a union effort. And it's just, I, I love like long books about like human folly and, you know, how horrible masculinity is. And it's just, I don't know. It's a really... I really, really liked it, but yeah, it, it is like rough to read certain parts for that reason. So that's my yeah. warning. All right. Um, I like it. Uh I need to ask you a question. I got briefly distracted by making sure that I was recording on the right microphone, which I am. Um <laughs> Lisa. Yeah. Um <laughs> Is God, this is so stupid. <laughs> oh no, not a stupid one. Oh dear. Uh and I feel like I've maybe asked you this before, but like if you could change one of the sounds your body makes 
but like then you would change it for everyone's body how would you what would you do um what's the worst sound my body makes i mean i kind of like there's only so many sounds your body makes against your will i guess so i kind of like the way farts sound because they're funny so it'd be sad to lose that um mm -hmm. maybe it's like that kind of like sort of gut grumbly sound that your body makes like before you have to fart or shit. <laughs> That's really specific. <laughs> what, if what it, would you change it to? Um, I don't know. My first thought was like, like baby chickens, like peep, 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 peep. But I think that would be really creepy too. <laughs> but it would be really funny to sound like you have baby birds inside of you. Um... <laughs> Maybe just maybe like a, a whale um, a whale noise like oh, oh. <laughs> that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I feel like for some people it already sounds like that. Yeah, I think it does. It's close, but it's like whale sounds we associate with like peace and you know, uh, yeah, relaxation. So we I would stop. We would stop associating it with that though if that was what we used it for, and then that might hinder our efforts to save the whales. Maybe. But then maybe also if we suddenly switched to that, it would it would make our guts calm down because it would have a more meditative sound. I don't know. Mm. These are a, there's a lot of like butterfly effect kind of stuff to consider here. But yeah, you know, we, we can never know all the implications. No. And but unfortunately, my answers here are real and are going to happen in the real world. They will be implemented. So whale sounds. Assuming we get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. <laughs> Starting Monday, when this podcast is released, we'll all have whale sounds coming yes. out of our guts. Um, <laughs> I thought of that just because Alan is snoring right now, right behind me, and it's very loud. God, so, my dog snores in, so much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's such a loud snorer. What did what did her snores sound like? Just like <laughs> she doesn't bark. She just sleeps all the time in stores. Yeah. That's what Alan does, basically. Such he a he queen. doesn't bark very often. Oh, Alan has been having some issues. Yeah. Not like serious issues, but uh he like he has had like a little bit of incontinence, which is really weird oh, for no. like a young male dog. Yeah. Um and we just I, I'm mostly even bringing this up because like if any listeners have any insight into why a dog would suddenly like pee and, like, it wasn't, like, a behavioral sort of, like, I'm being a jerk or, like, I need to pee and I'm just going to go in the house. Like, it was, like, in his bed. Like, mm -hmm. it was not a play. And then he just, like, stayed there. Like, it was just, like, it was clearly, like, he didn't have control over it. And I don't know why it happened. And our vet is kind of stumped. We're getting urinalysis done, but I'm waiting mm -hmm. for the results. But uh, anyway, a little confusing. Yeah, maybe the results will um, be illuminating. Because, yeah, yeah, that would be my, my first but, uh, thought would be some kind of bladder issue. Yeah, maybe he's having some kind of bladder issue. But anyway, Annie, our dog that, peed inside, but it was because it was raining. And then and then or no, she, I gave her a bath. And so she was all wet and her she had her collar off and everything. And then she just got confused about like what was appropriate and what wasn't. And she oh, yeah. <laughs> peed inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think he's definitely peed inside before when it's been raining out, and he's like, I don't want to go outside. Yeah, they get real <laughs> confused about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that was what was happening here, but who knows. Um, 
Anyway, uh, he peed on the couch, too, and we had to just, like, get rid of the cushions. <laughs> I had to, like, buy new couch cushions online. And so for, like, uh, a couple weeks, we had just, like, only one cushion on our couch because he had, like, been exactly in between the other two cushions when he had peed. And so it had ruined two whole of the three cushions on our couch. And so I had, like, put, like, the back cushions down on the bottom, like, temporarily, uh, once we had taken the other ones off and he just like made that his new home uh. <laughs> and was just like oh fuck yeah and it was like you have no memory of the fact that this couch used to be different and then you ruined it <laughs> like what's your deal He's like ruin uh. what's ruin I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about god uh, anyway I guess does that conclude one on yeah. fun that concludes one on fun we will be right back with wiki of the week wait, wait, wait. Can I say something that has nothing to do with anything and I just want to say it because I just found out about this? Absolutely. Let's do like a brief pre-wiki of the week uh, (laughs) free-for-all. Okay. Freestyle segment featuring Lisa and she is going to freestyle rap it. (laughs) I'm not going to rap. I wouldn't. I would never. (laughs) Wait, hang on. No. (laughs) This is so unfair. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say, I... Your name is Lisa and you're here to <laughs> my say. My name is Lisa and I'm here to say, I was ordering some jigsaw puzzles this morning. In I was a like, major way. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> I'm going to... I was like, it's time to buy some puzzles. So I did that. And then I was reading puzzle uh, brand reviews on a puzzle blog by some puzzle experts who are comparing different puzzle brands and the quality of them, you know, because Ravensburger is like the... The king of puzzles and others aren't as good, blah, blah, blah. But then they apparently there's something called a hanging chad, which is like (laughs) when you get a puzzle and like the pieces aren't like so cleanly cut and there's like little bits like on the edges. Those are called hanging chads. Interesting. Yeah. Just like in the 2000 election. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. Does it? I was shocked by that. Um, this person's, this really? person's judging by the, like, amount of puzzle dust in the box, uh, the amount of image lift. I just love this, like, specific jargon. Yeah. Wait, okay, but hanging chad makes sense because the whole thing in the 2000 election was, so it's like, they're trying to punch out a piece of paper. Yeah. And it didn't punch out all the way, which makes sense for, like, if you're cutting out a puzzle and it doesn't cut out all the way. Oh, so that's, like, a universal a little, like, thing for punching for punching anything out is anything that's left is called the hanging chad is called the chad the which chad. It, that's very funny to me because it's just one of those words where it's like sure call it a chad people will probably know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a chad yeah chad yeah, is like chad kind of one of those to fra- floating words that you can kind of use yeah. for a lot of things yeah uh a Chad refers to fragments sometimes created when holes are made in a paper card or similar synthetic materials such as computer punched tape or punched cards. The word Chad has been used both as a mass noun and a countable noun. So like hanging Chads or you can just say, I have a pile of Chad over here. Do you want to use it for horse bedding? <laughs> That's very funny to me. I don't know. Maybe this isn't yeah. remarkable to anyone else, but I didn't know what to do with this information I just learned. And I thought I'll throw it on the podcast. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Great. I'm sorry and I didn't wrap do it. Do you have any puzzles that you, puzzles that you recommend? Um, 
I just did. Or are you afraid the puzzle bros are going to come after you? I'm worried they'll come after me. My favorite are the Liberty puzzles, which are the wooden ones with whimsy pieces, but those are kind of expensive. So, you know, they're, they're collectibles. Ah. They're for special occasions. And they have, they're, they're so, yeah. their rollout due to COVID is so slow that you have to sign up for like a, a ticket to get in line to buy something. And the current waiting time is 51 days. And then wow. once it's your turn to buy something, you have to buy the puzzle within 24 hours, which is stressful. So I got in line. I oh guess I hope in 51 days I want a puzzle. I can't imagine I won't, <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, now it's time for Wiki of the Week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week's Wikipedia page was sent to us by Kirsten McNally. They are crediting this page to Depths of Wikipedia on TikTok. Oh. Um, which oh, is I got to follow account. that. Yeah. Um, and it is the Wikipedia page for Computer Rage. This is Something Lisa and I have both experienced today. I experienced it when Firefox closed out a bunch of tabs that I wanted open. And I've experienced it with my slow-ass internet that keeps breaking up and it's driving me crazy. Yeah, so I think this is a pretty relatable Wikipedia page to a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Um, uh, Computer rage refers to negative psychological responses towards a computer due to heightened anger or frustration. Examples of computer rage include cursing or yelling at a computer, slamming or throwing keyboards and mice, and (laughs) assaulting the computer or monitor with an object or weapon. (laughs) Notable cases. In April 2015, a Colorado man was cited for firing a gun within a residential area when he took his computer into a back alley and shot it eight times with a nine-millimeter pistol. (laughs) When questioned, he told police that he had become so frustrated with his computer that he had reached critical mass and stated that after he had shot his computer, the angels sung on high. In 2007, a German man threw his computer out the window in the middle of the night, startling his neighbors. German police were sympathetic and did not press charges, stating, who hasn't felt like doing that? In 2006, the staged surveillance video, Bad Day, showing a man assaulting his computer at work, became a viral hit on the internet, reaching over 2 million views. Other instances of reported computer computer rage have ranged from a restaurant owner who threw his laptop into a deep fryer... To an individual who threw his computer out the window but forgot that the window was closed. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me one of the very first times I ever saw someone I know do stand up. They were on this show in the town I went to college in, and there was another comedian on the bill who was kind of like more like an older comedian, like everyone else was a college student and most of the audience was college students. But there was this one guy who was on the bill who was like kind of older. And the one joke of his that I remember is like, yeah, I got a PC. It stands for personal confusion. I was like, this is not how you connect with young people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, that's just one of those things that I think I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Um, Okay, prevalence. 
1999, it was speculated that computer rage had become more common than road rage in traffic. But in a 2015 study, it was found that reported rates of anger when using a computer were lower than reported rates of anger while driving. However, reports of anger while driving or using computers were found to be far more common than anger in other situations. In a 2013 survey of American adults, 36% of respondents who reported experiencing computer issues also reported that they had screamed, yelled, <laughs> cursed, or physically assaulted their computers within the last six months. So tw- 36% of people who have had computer issues have had computer rage. <laughs> that's a pretty high percentage. That's more that's, than w- one out of three. That's pretty high. Yeah. There, there is like a specific kind of frustration I get when like a machine, like a computer isn't working the way I want it to. I just, I feel like kind of helpless and then I get, I get really, really uh-huh. upset past the point of being reasonable where I'm just like, it just doesn't work, you know? And it's like, usually the answer is something simple, but I just don't have the patience or like emotional stability to figure it out. Yes. The type of rage you feel, it's helplessness is a big part of it. And also the, it's like that unique, painful feeling of not having a real person to blame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like, when it's a computer and you just can't, you know, there's no one at fault, really, aside from, like, an arcane system of, like, coding and stuff like that, that it's, like, absolutely... So, yeah, it's it's some of the most futile and frustrating. I felt this a lot about my last uh, MacBook Pro. I currently have a MacBook Air, which is redesigned and is nicer, but the MacBook Pro from the previous generation had a touch bar along the top. Have you used this? It is perhaps Uh, the worst designed uh, Apple product ever. Um, It had a touch bar with, with a bunch of buttons, like a bunch of functions on it so that you could no longer press a button to change the volume or press escape or any of that. It was on this horrible touch bar that was basically useless. You'd have to hunt and peck to do it. It made the functions more difficult just completely useless, made the computer like more fragile. The keyboard was terrible, constantly broke. I had it fixed by the company. It still didn't work. It was just the worst Apple product ever. And I felt such rage about it because it was like expensive and Apple's supposed to have their shit together. And it's just like, I I hope the touch bar goes away forever. Apple products in the last few years, Apple products in the last few years have been so infuriatingly bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) the new the new macbook uh, is better like this new macbook air i bought it and it's uh thank god it's it feels like a return to former glory (laughs) and that's not a paid endorsement it's just like thank god they got rid of the stupid fucking thing (laughs) i have i haven't bought a new computer in a very long time and i'm kind of afraid yeah it's awful all right in, t- well, in 2009, you want to, yeah, oh, you, okay. you go ahead. Uh, in 2009, yeah. a survey was conducted with British computer users about their experiences with computers. This survey found that 54% of respondents reported verbally abusing their computers. Oh, yeah, that's really common. <laughs> I verbally abuse yeah. anything that's like a machine or a robot. Um, <laughs> they yeah. are my slaves. Um, and 40% reported that they had become physically violent towards their computers. But that's crazy. Wow. I don't do that because I don't want to break it. Yeah. Like, you, I would never. Um, the survey also found that most users experience computer rage three to four times a month. Wow. Wow. I bet that's been spiking since quarantine. 
I think my um, my worst anger is towards things like Siri and like GPS navigators. Oh yeah, that because then you're really fucked it when it. Yeah, goes wrong. I think that's a different sort of thing though, because that's like an interloper, and it's a yeah. robot, and it's a combination of road rage and computer yeah. rage. Yeah, so it's extra potent. That's right. Um. Differences in types of computer rage have also been found between different geographical regions. For example, one survey found that individuals from London have been found to be five times more likely to physically assault their computers, <laughs> while those from Yorkshire and the Humber were found to be more likely to yell at their computers. Oh, yeah. They like to yell at the have Humber. Also been- <laughs> Differences have also been observed for age groups as younger adults, 18 to 24 years old, have reported more abusive behaviors in the face of computer frustration when compared to older adults over 35 years old. That is very surprising to me. It's surprising. Individuals with less. Yeah, because you would think like young people would at least be like, well, I can't destroy it, you know? Yeah. Individuals with less computer experience in particular have also been reported to experience increased feelings of anger and helplessness when it comes to computers. I guess they are more dependent on it than older people. But other research has argued that it is the self-efficacy beliefs about computers that are predictive of computer frustration, not the amount of computer experience or use. So self-efficacy is, according to psychologist Albert Bandura, a personal judgment of how well one can execute courses of action required to deal with prospective situations. I don't really understand that. So is that maybe like, it is it, just like is that your how, be- well you, how well you think you should be able to use it. Yeah. Um, anyway. In 1999, Professor Robert J. Edelman, a chartered clinical, forensic, and health psychologist, and a fellow of the British Psychological Society was offering a special helpline in the UK for those suffering from technology-related anger. <laughs> and they're like, can like, you... We won't tell you how to fix the problem, yeah, but you'll, you can vent. <laughs> you can vent at us and we'll help you deal emotionally, but we don't know anything beyond have you turned it on and off again. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is an episode of Frasier where Bill Gates guest stars as himself and, like is on Frasier's call-in show and to be like, to commemorate some anniversary because Microsoft is in Seattle. And um, they do a thing where they like, listeners just start calling in to talk to Bill Gates instead of talking to Frasier. And it's like a thing. But it was so clear that like, Part of his agreement to be on the show was that none of the calls could be like, I'm having a problem with Microsoft or with Windows. So they're all just like, yeah, can you just tell me about the Uh. (laughs) CD-ROM? Like, just like, and it's like, everyone would be calling and being like, this fucking thing doesn't work. Like, it's the most unreal, one of the most unrealistic scenes in Frasier. And that is saying something. I hate that. That makes me like, that makes me dislike Bill Gates even more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if he actually said that, but it was like, that's definitely how they treated it. Yeah. God, I have no Um, doubt. All right. (laughs) Causes, computer factors. Users can experience computer anger and frustration for a number of reasons. No kidding. American adults surveyed (laughs) in 2013 reported that almost half, 46%, of their computer problems were due to malware or computer viruses, followed by software issues, 10%, and not enough memory, 8%. 
In another survey, users reported email, word processors, web browsing, operating system crashes, inability to locate features, and program crashes as frequent initiators of computer frustration. These technical issues, paired with tight timelines, poor work progress, and failure to complete a computer task, uh, can create heightened computer anger and frustration. I would also include need to record podcast or need to record live uh, a streaming animation review. Also caused a lot of frustration for me this week. My internet not working. Um, when this anger and frustration exceeds a person's control, it can turn into rage. Uh and that's self-reported, I guess. So it's like everyone's being like, it's a virus. That's why I'm ma- mad. Yeah. I don't know. It's unclear the methodology of whether they've confirmed this. Yeah. But, okay. Psychological factors. Research on emotion has showed that anger is often caused by interruptions of plans and expectations, especially through the violation of social norms. This sense of anger can be magnified when the individual does not understand why they are unable to meet their goal or task at hand or why there was a violation of social norms. Psychologists have argued that this is particularly relevant to computer rage as computer users interact with computers in a similar manner that they interact with other people. Mm. For more information, see the media equation. Thus, when computers fail to function in the face of incoming deadlines or an important task to accomplish, users can feel betrayed by the computer in the same way they can feel betrayed by other people. Specifically, when users fail to understand why their computer will not work properly, often in the times they need it the most, it can invoke a sense of hostility as it is interpreted as a breach of social norms or personal attack. Consistent with this finding, perceived betrayal by the computer can also elicit other negative emotions. One survey of U.S. adults reported that 10% of users who experienced computer issues experienced feeling helplessness and 4% reported feeling victimized. In the My same computer's survey, bullying me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a hate crime. <laughs> Uh, 7% of adults aged 18 to 34 reported that they had cried over their computer problems within the previous six wow. months. I feel, I, I really, this is helping me feel a lot better. This is like kind of therapeutic. Um, I feel like I get the most upset when I feel like I'm the only one in a meeting who's having like technical issues because I find it really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I feel like it's making me seem less like I have my shit together. When it's like, no, I was prepared. It's the computer that doesn't work. Like, I can't, I feel helpless against my Wi-Fi signal being so bad today. You know, and I just, it makes me really upset. And then you also maybe feel too, like, everyone's kind of watching you. Yeah. As you're dealing with it, which is another, I think it's, for me, it's a little bit of a similar feeling to when I'm at a restaurant with a big group of people and everyone gets their food except me. And then it's like more and more time goes by. (laughs) And then I'm like, it's fine. I'm okay. And it's like, it doesn't even matter if I'm like that hungry or not. It's just that sense of isolation in being forgotten. And like, even though it's like it, that shit just happens sometimes. There's something about it that like really upsets me because it. Yeah, it's that sort of extra layer of, like, being watched or I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, because then everyone's like, well, when are you going to get your food? Did the chef forget about you? And you're like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And and then when you find out they say, like, they did forget about you, then I get just despondent. Yeah, it's (laughs) – As if, like, whether they make your food has anything to do with, like, how much they like you. (laughs) 
Anyway. Relatable. Dangers and potential benefits? (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) Computer rage can result in damaged property or physical injuries as well as psychological harm. Some experts have suggested that venting frustrations on the computer may have some benefits, but other experts disagree. For example, yelling at the computer has been suggested as a way to moderate one's anger to avoid the ill effects of anger suppression, but new research has suggested that yelling can negatively affect health in itself. Alternatively, releasing anger on a computer has been viewed as advantageous as it directs this rage at an object as opposed to another person and can make individuals feel better afterwards. This all seems pretty speculative. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that like venting anger isn't actually like a beneficial thing because venting anger just kind of increases your anger. Um, But I don't know if that's true or not. I I wonder about that because that's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, we all just believe that venting anger is good, but... What are we basing that on? Yeah. Just the know. sense that it feels better to be angry than it does to be sad. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, makes you sure. Makes you feel powerful somehow. I don't know. Or entitled, you know? Self-righteous. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, someone else is fucking up and, and yeah, you, it, anger feels like something you can do with it. I don't know. Yeah. Prevention and management. Uh. (laughs) Let's prevent this. In response to computer issues that invoke frustration, some experts have suggested walking away from the computer for 15 minutes to cool off. (laughs) Other methods to prevent computer rage can be backing up computer data often, increasing memory of the computer, and even imagining pleasant images, such as petting an animal. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a weird Wikipedia page. It's really strange. Uh, adopting a goal of improving computer knowledge may also be beneficial as users are less likely to report computer rage when they view the issue as a challenge and not as a setback. If computer rage cannot be avoided, guidelines on how to rage with minimal consequences, such as wearing safety goggles and taking frustration out on older equipment can be followed to reduce the likelihood of injury and significant property loss. Imagine, imagine that, imagine having to wear safety goggles because you're so mad. I'm so mad at the computer. That's a problem. I got to wear the goggles because I'm mad at the computer. Because <laughs> I'm going to bash my computer so hard, it's going to stab yeah. me in the eye. It's yeah. the shards of computer. <laughs> Employers of staff who work with computers, often in situations where time is crucial, can take steps to prevent computer rage, such as making sure there is adequate software and providing employees with anger management strategies. Some computer technician companies have reported that to report to reduce computer rage, their technicians are trained on how to work with customers in sensitive psychological states just as much as how to diagnose and fix technical issues. Designing? Um, I heard <laughs> an, an episode of the Judge John Hodgman podcast where they were talking about, like, whether it was okay to, like, cuss at Alexa. And someone <laughs> wrote in being like, I worked as one of at those companies and, like, there's stuff in the code to, to, like, if people are cussing a lot to, like, change the way it interacts with them. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. How does it change it? I do not remember it well enough to pretend like I know the answer. Oh, my God. That's so weird that it's listening but to But I recommend and- listening to just every episode of the Judge John Hodgman podcast to try and find out. <laughs> wow. I wonder if, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty mean to Siri whenever she pipes up. I try to, like, disable Siri wherever I can. But when I, oh, when I hear that bitch, oh, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. I hate those things. Um. How interesting. 
Designing computer interfaces to display more emotional support when errors occur or provide therapy strategies has also been suggested as a way to mitigate computer anger or rage. Oh, that's like kind of like what you were just said. Like, yeah, hey, bitch, maybe smile. Yeah, <laughs> try smiling. Um, the application of effective computing has been shown to effectively mitigate negative emotions connected to computer use. One study found that an interface that sought the user's feelings, provided empathy, and validated reported emotional states significantly reduced negative emotions associated with computer frustration for users. So if Alexa's just like, I hear you, that does sound hard. Would you yeah. like me to play a song? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what people use Alexa for. Do you want to hear a flute? <laughs> Would you like me to make an Amazon.com order? Um Another study found that when error messages contain positive wording, such as great that the computer will soon work again, compared to negative wording, like this is frustrating, or a neutral error message, users exhibited more signs of happiness. Wow, we're all just like a huh. bunch of idiots, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, we really So easily are. manipulated emotionally wow. by everything we intake. Wow. wow. The C also is rage, in parentheses, emotion. <laughs> Air rage, road rage, rap rage. Oh, I love rap rage. Which is, oh, that's like packaging. Yeah. Trying to open packaging. I, I adore it. I, um, I, I experienced that for sure. <laughs> Techno stress, uh, which uh, is the negative psychological link between people and the introduction of new technologies. Mm. The media equation, debugging, hang in parentheses computing, and digital media use and mental health. Wow. Um, wow. Computer rage. We've all felt it. I've never bashed a computer or thrown it out the window, but I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it. I've wanted to I've wanted to bash, but I never have. It seems like unless you have a big mallet, it won't be satisfying. Yeah. Um, well, that concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for what did I learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? I guess I learned I'm not alone in uh, my feelings of frustration um, towards technology, especially this year, I imagine. Yeah, you're definitely not alone. Not it's alone. extremely prevalent. Yeah. One in, one in every three people. According to a tw um, 2013 study, I imagine what the, what the 2020 <laughs> study would say. It's probably like... Every person. And I learned about the fish dong. <laughs> we all learned about the fish dong. We and all we'll learned never, about the fish dong together. We'll never forget it. Yes. <laughs> Happy New Year <laughs> from the fish dong. <laughs> blum, uh, blum, blum. That's our show. Thank you so much for writing to us at babygeniusespodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we read it all. We love it all. We don't always talk about all of it, but thank you. Yeah, and I don't always read the ones that are like, hello, I'm writing behalf on of your website. I would like to improve your SEO. <laughs> we are a, a company. But we, do, we didn't read but any we of those we do appreciate emails, them. Thank you so much yes. for worrying about our SEO. Thank you for, for being interested in our Google search results. We are pretty not committed to promoting this podcast. I know. Everyone's no, I have been posting on Instagram lately, but it's been – it's hard. It's a struggle yeah. to remember. <laughs> I'll try to get better about it. Maybe that can be one of my New Year's resolutions. Yeah, you don't have to do yeah. that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> you can follow me online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller, and you can follow my gardening Instagram at Emily's Garden Show. I'm at Lisa Draws on Instagram and at Lisa Hanawalt on TikTok. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Uh, thank you to our producer, Rob Para, hot yeah, sauce lover. Th- uh, thank you to my brother, Nate Heller, for our theme songs. Woo-hoo. And, and goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We did it somehow. I'm Jesse Thorne. On the next Bullseye, we've got the one and only Ted Danson. We'll talk about his new show, Mr. Mayor, about cheers, and about the secret to success in comedy. I mean, I I feel like one of your signature comedic moves at this point uh, in your career is gazing. Uh, You do a lot of interesting gazing. (laughs) (laughs) I also love this. (laughs) <laughs> Gazing. I love that. And if I'm not, I'm going to start because that's great. That's Bullseye. Find it on MaximumFun.org and PR.org and wherever you get podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.